Hey guys, welcome to the first ever So What Else book chat. I am so excited for this bonus episode. In today's episode, I sit down with three of my friends and we talk about one of my all-time favorite books, Daisy Jones and the Six. But listen, if you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh, I've never read that book, I'm not really interested in that, give this episode a try because we focus a lot on some broader themes like marriage or love versus lust or choosing someone for a lifetime, things like that, okay? So I think that you'll enjoy it regardless of if you read the book or not. And then also, if you listen to the beginning of it and you think, whoa, that book sounds really good, I actually do wanna read it, I give a really nice warning before we give any spoilers so you don't have to worry about that. So you'll hear that spoiler warning and that's when you could stop go read the book and then come back. Okay. So I hope you guys really enjoy it. We had a ton of fun recording it. So I hope you guys love it. Okay, everybody. Welcome to our first official So What Else book chat. It's Caitlin here, obviously. And I'm joined by Three friends. Everybody say hey. Hey. What's up? <laughs> Hello. So here I have Lauren, who's been on the pod too many times. Too many times. <laughs> too many. No, there can't be too many. Kate Doyle, who was on episode, I want to say eight-ish, but I'm making that number up off the yeah, top of my head. I don't know either. And Kate's lovely husband, Dustin. Who's not been on the podcast enough. Exactly. Yeah, I so. mean, such an oversight. <laughs> talk to my, talk to my uh, assistant. <laughs> me um okay so in the episode when lauren was on for the second or third or tenth time whatever it was we were talking about how she was about to go away on a romantic weekend with her husband and she was bringing the book daisy jones and the six and i said oh my friend april introduced me to it last summer it was the best book ever blah 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 so it turns out april did not introduce me to it she texted me and she was like i've never read that book so it wasn't me (laughs) but she's literally listening to it right now like she's listening to the audio version as we're recording this so i don't know who you are out there that told me to read daisy jones and the six but i appreciate you and i love you and thank you we love you so basically i read this book last summer in like a hot minute I immediately passed it to my sister, Caroline. She tore through it. Her boyfriend tore through it. Then Lauren, you read it this summer. And then you let Kate borrow it. But before Kate could start it, Dustin stole it, read it. Then Kate read it. I have three friends right now that have been texting me about it this week, saying that they're reading it. So it's a popular book, guys. It's a real good book. And so if you're listening to this, stay with us. If you have not read this book, stay with us for the next little while and I'm we're gonna like get you super hooked and I'll warn you before the spoilers come and then you can just stop listening yeah and if I can just add in don't be thrown off by the cover because when Lauren was packing for her trip I saw this book sitting on her bed and it was before you know you released a podcast where you talked about it and I was like what is this book (laughs) you are so right (laughs) the cover is super deceiving you're right like it's kind of like it's like this sexy lady. Like, and you're just like, what is this book about? I, I literally, I mean, I know now that it's supposed to look a certain way, but I literally thought it was a super old book, just really random from, it looks like it's from the 70s, yes. which is appropriate. Yes. Once you read the book, you know why. But I was like, Lauren, what are you reading? Why are you reading this? So like, then I heard the podcast episode and I was like, oh, all right. You well, do that. make such a good point though. It is like, like if you were, if you're the type of person that like, judges a book by its cover which like I mean how shallow are you <laughs> if you are like shame on you I mean shame on I you. did in this case <laughs> <laughs> but if I can add this is also not at all how I picture Daisy 
<laughs> you know what? Me neither. I, you know what? I actually agree with you. No, I agree with you, actually. Like, it's really not how I picture her either. So, basically, though, after we had all finished the book, at some point, Dustin, like, started a group chat. And he was, like, giving us, like, all of his in-depth thoughts. And we were getting into this, like... <laughs> into this like fast and furious like group texting situation until finally I was like wait everybody stop we should get together for an actual book chat and we should record it for the podcast so listen I'm gonna be like actually very honest about something right now I've never even been in a book club so like I don't even know what a book chat is how it's supposed to go and so I love my how my first one I'm like you know what I'm gonna lead it and I'm gonna record it for a podcast (laughs) apparently I'm confident about this because like why would I do that I literally have no idea how this even is even supposed to go so listen this might be a hot mess but at least we will have enjoyed ourselves absolutely like I I know for a fact we're gonna enjoy ourselves tonight and someone's gonna like this episode yes at least one person. And look, it's low <laughs> risk. It's a bonus episode. It's so. a bonus app. So whatever. So throw on your headphones and go do some housework or something. Like, exactly. Let us, like entertain you. <laughs> yes, this will be entertaining for sure. Okay. So listen. First things first. I'm going to give you a brief summary. So basically, it is about a band. It is. They say it is loosely based on the band Fleetwood Mac. Now, I had no idea who those people were. I'm only 32. So. You don't have to know who that is for this to matter to you. But if that does matter to you, cool. Basically, it's the story of a band, how they like rose to fame. And then it's not a spoiler to say. And then how they fell apart. Because I think it says that on the back of the book. I think every band follows that exact plot. Exactly. So, but the thing that is so unique about this book is that it is a novel, but it's written like a long interview. Like, it basically is like you're reading a Rolling Stone article mm. for 300 pages. I started I started reading it and thought I was in like the introduction, character introduction. Totally. And then I'm like 30 pages in and realized, oh no, this is the book. Like this is how it goes. This is how it is. I've never in my life read a book like that. I thought it was genius. It sucks you in immediately. I think it's fantastic. And my favorite part is that like obviously the way it's set up is like, okay, so like this you know, interviewer is reporter or whatever is like interviewing all the members of the band many, many years after they are not a band anymore. She's obviously interviewing them individually, but she's meshed it all together. So it tells one cohesive story, but like there will be exact moments, something like super like inconsequential. And they'll be like, Oh, Camila looked so beautiful that day in that white dress. And then the next person is like, yeah, I remember she had on a yellow crochet top. Like it's like, Nobody remembers stuff the same way, which is really cool. It's true to life. Yes. And it honestly reminded me of like a Netflix documentary. You know what I'm talking about? When they cut away and someone's like, oh, I had a terrible day. Oh, it was the best day. day. Yes. Her writing. I like I Taylor Jenkins read. We love you. I laughed. I cried. Like the writing, I think, is phenomenal. For sure. Well, yeah, and it was so convincing. I had just started the book, and then I started the book finally knowing that I was the last one in this group that needed to read it before we did the episode. So I felt like I really got to read this book now. I felt a little pressure, but I start reading it, and right away it did suck me in so quickly. And she's dropping these names, and I'm like, oh, I think that's actually a real person, or it sounds like a real person. So I stop reading and start Googling yeah. all these different bands, and Dustin's like, what are you doing? Just read, read the book. book. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm so interested in all this now. It I got to really, like do some background reading now. And like Lauren, you even said like the biggest like sadness of this book is that when it's over, their music 
doesn't actually exist in the world, but you want to listen to it. All I wanted to do was to like find the album Aurora and listen to it. Yeah. Like somebody has to make it. And I'm not even like a music person. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the type of thing where like, we were just saying like, oh, my brother-in-law, Matt, like he's a musician. Like, oh, you would love this book. But like, I am not a musician. And I was like drooling, wanting to listen to the album. I was the opposite in that I was kind of glad there wasn't a real album because there's no way it could have been as good That's true. in real life as it was it in my head. It would have let us down. Which is the beauty of the book is that That's every, true. the character development is based purely on like how you're interpreting what they're saying and their yeah. emotions. And so their viewpoints of the songs and what they meant and how they vibed it's pure, it's subjective on so, so many yeah. different levels. We're all yeah. imagining it differently. Exactly. Totally, yes. totally. You're right. Which is why we all want to hear it. Which is yes. why we all love it. We think it's the best album ever. all in the PDF is what would happen, right? But on that note, so, well, first of all, I've heard the audiobook's amazing. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, like, I'm not a reader, I've heard the audiobook is amazing because basically it's just a million different characters. They have different voices for every single character. So it, you're listening to a play, basically. You know what I mean? Like, it's very... But... The happiest news, and Dustin gets to deliver it. Oh, so I was researching the book to see, like, this would be a wonderful movie or television show. And it actually is becoming a television series for Amazon Prime. I guess there's supposed to be 13 episodes yes. uh, being produced by Reese Witherspoon. If you look it up, they already yes. have actors cast for the different roles. Yes. Uh, there's not a release date yet. I think everything was delayed because of COVID, but yes. I think it would be really, really good as a show. Really? I know, well, because this is really the reason that this yeah. book, like, got so famous is because it has, like, the stamp of approval of Reese's Book Club. <gasps> so I personally, like, almost any book that has ever been in, quote-unquote, Reese's Book mm-hmm. Club is, like, amazing. Like, she can do no wrong. She really has a great eye for literature. Like, this, this woman's <laughs> fantastic. I love her. So I think that the TV series is going to be good. Am I nervous? Yes. Might it not live up to our expectations? Possibly. But you know what? We're just going to jump in. We might even have to do like bonus episode podcasts where we review each episode um, or review the 100%. whole series. Even if it's just for us. I don't even <laughs> care. I literally don't even care. We can do a podcast with, and we'll just won't record it. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we'll just, well, what yeah. is that? It's yeah, a conversation. Like, I think it's yeah. called hanging out. out. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Why would we do that? It's awkward. It's like one of those things. It's like, but if you don't record it and release it as a podcast, did the conversation really happen? Right. It's like no, the COVID we vaccine would never stickers. Know. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have the sticker. If happen. you don't have the sticker, if you didn't post it on your social media, did you really get vaccinated? Nope. No, of course you didn't. I love it. Okay. So listen, here on out, guys, there's going to be some spoilers. Okay. So if you have listened to the first few minutes of this and you were like, I'm in, this sounds amazing. Pause this episode right now. Go read the book. Go listen to the audiobook, and then come back. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a little background on our three main characters. There's a hundred characters in this book, but we're focusing on not a hundred, but whatever, but we're focusing on three main ones today. There is Billy, the lead singer in the band. There is Camila, his beautiful wife, which we just had a whole conversation about how you say her name. The reason I'm saying Camila is because in my mind, Camila has two L's and this one has one L. And I think she's, like, he refers to her as his senora, which is implying to me that she's not, like, a white girl. So I feel like maybe you wouldn't say Camilla. I feel like maybe it'd be, like, Camila. But you know what? <laughs> I'm a white girl, so I got no freaking clue. So if you're listening to this and you know, maybe you can let us know. But we're going to call her out. Camila. Whatever. Camila. So we have Billy, his wife Camila, and then Daisy, who ends up joining the band as, like, a co-lead singer. Okay? 
So these are the three we're going to focus on. Other people might come up, but let me just give you background on them. So Daisy, she is like a stunningly beautiful, amazingly talented, tragic human being. Like she grows up with these parents that don't really give any attention to her. Aren't they like artists or something? Mm-hmm. They're intellectuals. No, he's an artist. an artist. Okay. And I feel like her mom is, um, I can't remember. I already forgot. Maybe like like a like model or something. Or, like yeah, maybe you're there's right. something in Hollywood and like, just, they're in their own world. Yes. They don't pay attention to her. She sneaks out at 13 into bars and stuff like that. They don't even notice. Like, you know, she starts like drinking and drugs and men like from a very young age, like she's a tortured soul, but she's like stunningly beautiful and amazingly talented. Then you have Billy who uh, has always been a musician. He starts this band with his brother. um, And he meets Camila when he's like doing a gig, like a wedding or something Mm -hmm. like that. He like sees her. She's like the bartender, I think. Yes. He's like immediately struck by her. They have this instant connection. And so basically what happens with their relationship is at the beginning of the book, Camila and Billy are just starting to date. They have this like insane attraction, but then he goes on the road. They break up because she doesn't go with him. They miss each other. They get back together. She gets pregnant. So then they decide to get married. And the night they get married, Billy kind of freaks out. And like, there's this whole scene where he's talking about how like they just got married. I mean, they got married by like a friend on their porch at like literally 2 a.m. It wasn't like some whatever. Then they're like laying in bed. He's leaving to go on tour in the morning and he's laying there like panicking. And he's like, I can't be someone's husband. I can't be someone's dad. Like, I never had a dad. I was going to say, because Billy also has baggage. Yes. He grew up with his mom, but not his dad. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he basically was like the father to his little brother. Yes. Yeah, his just, dad, like, straight up abandoned that. Yeah. Yes. So he just never had a father influence. And so the thought of him becoming a father is... Yes. And actually... I hope I'm not making this up, but I think at the gig where he ended up meeting Camila, they were playing a wedding and they realized that their father was a guest at the wedding and didn't even recognize that his own sons were the musicians because it had been that long since they'd seen him. Like he was that much of a deadbeat, like gross, hideous father Mm -hmm. that he didn't even know Mm -hmm. his own sons were playing. Mm -hmm. And so that was like semi-fresh in Billy's mind. And so he was just like, I can't be someone's dad. Like, I can't be someone's husband. Like, I don't know what that's like. So then he wakes up the next morning, he goes on tour and he's feeling like really like amped up about the whole thing. And so he basically on tour just becomes like a psycho, drugs, women, alcohol, like just numbing out the entire tour. And essentially what happens is a few months into the tour, Camila comes to visit And legitimately catches him cheating on her, like, in the act. And so I feel like her reaction to that, this is kind of where I want to start. Her reaction to finding her husband, she's pregnant. She's, like, five months pregnant or something. Like, she's, like, showing pregnant. And she sees her brand new husband cheating on her. And her reaction was so interesting to me. Does anybody want to say anything? Or do you want me to just say it? what her reaction was? Like, do any of you want to tell everybody? I mean, I remember her reaction was um, that she basically said, get it out of your system, Mm -hmm. finish the tour, and, like, come back ready to be a dad. Oh, yes. Yeah. She was just like, and then get it, like, turn it off. Yeah. Come home, start playing the father. Which you think would then make him feel guilty and he would stop. But he amped it to, like, 11. Totally. (laughs) She basically just was like, listen, like, I caught you. I'm pregnant. We're going to still do this like marriage thing. We're going to do this like parenting thing. And you have like the baby's due December 1st. She said, you have till November 30th, do whatever you want. And then you're going to get it together. The day the baby's born, you're going to be a changed man ever since then. And like, 
this is my favorite. This is Camila in a nutshell. She goes, if you think I'm going to let you screw up our life, you've lost your mind. And she walked out the door. So like, I was in awe of her. Like, I genuinely have now, I've read this book two times. I'm obsessed with this book. I genuinely don't know if Camila is like my hero or if I think she's like a nut. Like who is five months pregnant? They just married this guy. They walk in on him drunk, high, out of his mind, cheating on them and says, I'm not going to let you screw up this life that we've started. So like get it out of your system and then get it together and we're going to build a life together. Like what? Right. Because there was a part of me that felt like she was forcing him to be something that he wasn't. Like in the beginning, I thought to myself, like, why is she trying to force this? Like she's going to die on this hill and this just is not who he is. Mm -hmm. But that she ended up, I feel like, being right about him. Yes. Yes. I love how, again, the subjective interpretation of the characters, because when I read it, the way I read it was that she saw something in him Mm -hmm. that he did not yet see in himself. Like Mm -hmm. she knew what he could be and she chose to love the potential of that. This, we could go into this. Like that's like, okay. So it's like, does that make her like the ultimate wife? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like where it's like, she's like, okay, like you screwed up, but guess what? Like, I'm not going to be a single parent. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, you're going to do this with me and I'm not going to let you screw up our life. And I see that you could be amazing. So I'm just going to like believe in you until you are that guy. I do wonder what her line was though. Like, what would have been too much? Because I feel like where she drew a line was already going to be too much for most people. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know like what her line would have been. But I did, I think... I agree with you, Dustin. Like, I always thought it was more, it wasn't an insecurity on her part. Like, oh, I can't do this alone. You have to stay with me. It was more just like, I know your potential. And I know our potential as a family. So Mm -hmm. I need you to, like, step it up. And it wasn't a coercion either. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, mister. You're going to behave. You're going to come back to me. I'm going to keep you in line. Because, I mean, as we continue the discussion, you see, like, he continues on with the touring. Like, nothing changes for him. Right. Other than their relationship. Yeah. It's so crazy because you're right. Like it's so many people would be like, she's such an idiot, but it's Mm. like, as you see the story unfold, it's like, he did have the potential that she believed in him. And it's like, she, I don't know. I love it. So then to continue on with the story. So basically she says, get it out of your system. And he does. And like, exactly. Like, I think you said it, like, wouldn't you think he would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You caught me. I'm Mm going to get back on track today. But he didn't like, she goes home from tour, continues on her pregnancy. He continues being like, a drunk, high, cheating mm-hmm. man. And then she goes into labor like a little bit early and their manager or whatever, mm-hmm. like picks him up on tour, speeds him to the hospital. They get to the hospital and he can't go in. Like he says, like, I can't go in there. I didn't want my kid to meet me like that. Cause he was so messed up and he couldn't go in to hold his daughter the day she was born because he was so disgusted with himself. And so she basic, so then the manager goes in and, and talks to Camila and she says, you tell Billy to get himself to rehab or he, he'll lose us forever. And so then the manager goes down to tell that to Billy and Camila's mom says to her, like, I hope you know what you're doing. And she says, it didn't seem right to me that his weakest self got to decide how my life was going to turn out, what my family was going to look like. I got to decide that. And what I wanted was a life, 
a family, a beautiful marriage, a home with him, with the man I knew he truly was. And I was going to get it hell or high water. Mm -hmm. Like literally just pushed out a baby. Her husband is cheating on her. He does not come to the hospital to hold the baby because he's so messed up. And she's like, no, I'm not going to let this ugly version of him dictate how my life is going to turn out. I think there's this picture of relationship in pop culture, in Mm -hmm. our minds that the person you choose to be with is the person you chose because that love is perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, this relationship is perfect. The You were meant for me. I was meant for you. Our love is perfect. Mm-hmm. When I think the reality of the situation like in what is in the book here that you see between, you know, Camila and Billy is that like you choose to love somebody mm-hmm. and through the continuation of that choice, the love is perfected. Mm-hmm. It's not that the love was perfect from the beginning. It's that you continue to choose over and over and over to love this person. And if it's a mutual, it's a mutual relationship, it's a mutual respect, that love is perfected throughout the relationship. Ooh. So, okay. So you would argue Camila is like I the ultimate, the, like she's amazing. Again, I mean, there's nuance, right? Yeah. Like you could say, well, no, she was clearly, she crossed, he crossed the line. Like Kate yeah, said. yeah, yeah. The line has been crossed. She had every right to leave him yeah. and find someone who was going to treat her with respect. Would that have been the right thing? Would anybody have faulted her? No, nobody's going to fault her. For that. Right. But she made the choice. Like I knew the man he could be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with him. And I think that's respectable in a way. Yeah. Because it's, she had power there. Yeah. She didn't relinquish any power. She actually yeah. asserted all of her power in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, and we talked about this in our group chat, but then I talked about this a little bit, like in my episode with you about like attachment. Mm -hmm. She is the perfect example of somebody who's securely attached to their spouse. Mm. She doesn't need him in a, like, um, in an anxious needy way. Like I need you to complete me. I need you because I'll, you know, I can't survive without you. But she also is not so proud and insecure that she's like, I don't want anything to do with you. You messed up. I'm done with you. I'm drawing a boundary. She's not avoidant either. She's like, I love this person. I see the good in him. I'm putting up boundaries to protect my family, Mm -hmm. but I'm with him. Like I'm committed. I'm sticking it out. And it, you see it like as the story arcs, like, watching her she was my favorite character she's phenomenal watching her love this person who is like struggling Mm -hmm. made me like him better yeah you know dessert like you see him through her eyes like even when he's acting totally like ridiculous you know what i mean you're just like no but like you see him the way camila sees him which is like this man that she loves. And I don't want to jump ahead, but even like she yeah. redeems Daisy at yeah. the end. Yes. Like yes. watching that conversation with them. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. Camila kind of like saves everyone. Like she's this like behind, like that's what's so crazy is that of course she's a major character. Hello, we're talking about her, but she's not in the band. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's not physically on the stage with them, on tour with them, writing the songs with them. She's like this behind the scenes person that kind of like, saves them from themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that like the picture you get of, of Camila throughout the book is never one of victim. 
Yeah. No, like never. She, she never, never comes across as a no. victim. But what I think is interesting is that you also never, you never see Billy necessarily as a good husband. Yeah. But he, I would argue that he is. Because mm-hmm. when, again, I, I think we're kind of, this is in the sequence of what we're discussing. When they go out on the second tour, yeah. he drastically changes his behavior. Yes. So he's on tour he, all the parties are still happening. Yep. The drugs are still happening. The women are stuff. The bandmates are encouraging him like, mm-hmm. yo, get out here and yeah, party with have us. Fun. And he ends his, ends his shows. Yep. He goes back to his hotel room. He talks to his family and he goes to bed. Yep. So Cam- Camila made a choice, you know, to stay with him and, and knew the man that he could be. Mm-hmm. And he actually steps up and he becomes that man. Yeah. In, in the family. And it, it doesn't, they don't talk about their relationship a whole lot other than he was always very excited to get back home to her whenever mm-hmm. he had the opportunity. He would fly back and visit. Like, he made their relationship a priority, mm-hmm. which is what makes, I think, the whole Daisy dynamic all the more interesting. Yeah, Because you have what appears to be such a healthy relationship where two people are choosing to put each other first. Mm-hmm. But then obviously there's conflict. Yes. Yes. Let me read this one quote and then I do want to dive into Daisy stuff. So Camila says at some point she goes, I think you have to have faith in people before they earn it. Otherwise it's not faith. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that feels obvious, but that totally stopped me because that is not how our culture works Mm -hmm. at all. No one would ever say that to you. No one would ever be like, you should just like implicitly trust like your boyfriend or your husband or whatever, even if like he hasn't earned it. Mm -hmm. Like that's the opposite of what our culture would teach you. Right. Like if someone breaks your trust, they have to earn it back. And like he broke her trust in the absolute worst way. Like, I don't know that there's anything more he could have done to this woman, Mm -hmm. but she's like, but I had faith in him and no, he didn't earn the faith, but that's what makes it faith. And there is a short scene in the book where, Billy reciprocates that, right? Like when she goes out Same. on this. She, yes. So she goes out on a lunch with a uh, an old, I, was it a prom date or something? Yeah. So he describes it. This is the thing that's really interesting. When he's telling the story, he's like, I think it was like a guy she went to prom with. Mm-hmm. But then later, later on, she mentions this guy too and basically yeah. explains it as like the first guy she ever loved. But yeah. Billy didn't realize that that was how deep it was. But anyway, but she, But he essentially says, um, you know, she went out for this lunch with this guy and she was gone for four hours. Yeah. Nobody goes on four-hour lunches. Mm-hmm. But essentially... I don't think it's my place to like question her. Like, what do you think about that though? Like I was so conflicted by that. I really was. Cause okay. Part of me thought that was such a man thing. Like he was like, look, she went out to lunch with this guy, you know, that I think she had gone to prom with, you know, back in high school and she was gone for four hours and no, no one goes on four hour lunches, but it's not my place to ask. Like she came home. She told me she loved me. And like, I'm her husband. Like we love each other and we just trust each other. And it's not my business to ask. I don't, I know. What? I think that was the one that is the one piece of their relationship that I struggle with. Do you do you remember the quote that he says? He says something about let me look. I should have looked it up before. It's like he says something about how relationships are more about like loving people through their mistakes. Yes. Which like I agree with at the core, but then I also was like, isn't it kind of dysfunctional to not discuss that yes so basically she gets back and he says i'm not saying i didn't care i cared i'm saying that when you really love someone sometimes the things they need may hurt you and some people are worth hurting for he said 
Um, love is forgiveness and patience and faith. And every once in a while, it's a gut punch. That's why it's a dangerous thing when you go loving the wrong person. Mm. When you love somebody who doesn't deserve it, and then he says, you have to be with someone that deserves your faith and you have to be deserving of someone else's. It's sacred. That's powerful. Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm When I tell you this book makes me cry, like, and it's not like, like, so I was explaining it to my mom just today. I was like, you have to read a book. I was crying today. And she's like, oh, was it a sad book? And I was like, <laughs> it, I mean, sure. There's elements of it that are sad. I'm like, it's a bunch of musicians that are like struggling to keep themselves together. So it's sad. I was like, but it's not like the Nightingale that's like about the Holocaust, which is like, obviously a sad book like do you know what I mean I was like it's not that it's so sad as much as just like there are lines in here and just like deep things that just really get you right and it makes me emotional and I I I feel like I hope like every married person could like relate to a degree to what he said maybe not with like infidelity but just going into marriage and thinking oh yeah it's gonna be a breeze like i'm in love and then as the years go on it it's hard like it's two people working through their stuff so what do you think about that though that he's like it's not my place to ask i just i disagree with that part i do love their relationship so much and i respect it but like there's i'm sorry there's no shot scott is like going to a casual lunch with his like ex-girlfriend gone for four hours shows up and i'm just like hey like, there's no way I'm not going to be like, what was the four-hour lunch with your ex, Scott? That's what I was saying. Like, that was the only part that I was like, this is weird, though, that they didn't talk about this. But I'm not really sure what I think about it, except that she had nothing to prove to him. Mm. She's shown herself to be very loyal to him, very loving. She had so much faith in him. I felt like that was the least he could do was to just let it go and let her have that that. four hours. And if she wanted to volunteer information about it, she would. But if she didn't, I mean, she's shown herself to be loyal to him and in every other sense of the word. So I kind of just let it go. And I feel like both of them were just really good at calling out the best in each other and living presently not focused Mm. on past behaviors and not like worrying about possible future behaviors but and I don't know they didn't have it worked out perfectly by any means but I just saw how it worked for them to just kind of go day by day together and just continue to look for Mm. the best in each other and I, I think our conversation about this says more about how we view their relationship yeah how, how they viewed it mm. which is great because they're fictional characters so we can really make their relationship <laughs> whatever we want it to be but um that's like like kate and i we're married and mm-hmm. our relationship and the way that we handle things really doesn't need to be explained to anybody but us so you guys could look at a situation mm-hmm. and go like well this is like i i used to travel a lot for work and mm-hmm. i would literally be gone for weeks at a time where she had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And she didn't demand I give an account of every hour of every day. And it was way longer than four hours. Yeah. There would be stretches of two days where we didn't talk. Yeah. And there just has to be a mutual trust there that I'm not doing anything I'm not supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Our love is real and it's secure and you live in that. Otherwise you just, you're going to consistently be in a, well, what's going on? Um, can I, and I, I feel like if that's where you're at, it's not really a trusting relationship mm-hmm. all that yeah. much. So do you feel like, okay, this is interesting to me. Like, do you feel like in marriages, like, I feel like there's a school of thought of like in a marriage, like you talk about 
everything. There is no stone left unturned. Like you talk about absolutely everything, like every itty bitty thing from your past to every itty bitty thing about your present and what like, and then there's a school of thought of like, you don't have to say everything. You know what I mean? Like, where do you guys fall in that? I know where I fall. Go. Go. I think that depends on the strength of your relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that as you, again, as you grow in your relationship and, and that love grows, you are more freely able to reveal parts of you to the other person that you know they can accept mm-hmm. because I mean, you don't go into a first date hot and heavy right. with just spilling your guts mm-hmm. and completely exposing your past and everything because it's not there yet. And I think it's foolish to think that even at the beginning of a marriage, you're there. Mm-hmm. You might not be. So as you grow and you start, I mean, again, Kate and I have been married coming up on 16 years. Mm-hmm. Wait, we are at 16. we're at 16. We're coming up on, so we're at 16 Uh-oh. now. Like, but like just even within the last year, we, our relationship went to a different depth, a different level in the revelation of things that we'd done in the past, like unintentional hurts. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. it, and so it was only that depth of the relationship though, that was able to reveal those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel very comfortable at this point. Like I will tell Kate anything we mm-hmm. can talk about anything. But very early on, that was obviously not happening. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be where we were, like, in the in the past year. So, mm-hmm. I like that. What were you going to say, Laura? I was, I mean, we, Craig and I don't have the years. Yeah. So, yeah. It, like, you know, it's like, I feel like they can talk about it from, like, a much more mm-hmm. mature standpoint. But I think I just always felt like if I wasn't telling him or if I wasn't saying it, mm-hmm. I, it always made me pause. Yeah, of course. Like I was always curious about it. Like I was like, why are you not, what are you afraid of that he's going to think or perceive mm-hmm. about, you know? And so then I usually just always did talk to him because mm-hmm. I don't know that that's just kind of where my head goes. And that, I think that's why that part of the book made me pause. It just stuck with me so much. And then we're yeah. about to get into how Daisy then has this, is this major factor in their relationship always. And Camila at some point acknowledges that she and Billy never really talked about Daisy and how she impacted their relationship. And she said at some point, like, yeah, I guess it's weird that we didn't talk about it, but maybe we didn't talk about it on purpose. Right. So I think that there's like, it's both and right. Like I really do see both sides. Like I really do see the side of like, look, she went to lunch with the guy for four hours. Like she had earned Billy's trust. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Like he didn't have to question her on it. Like she is a trustworthy person. She's been committed to this man through torture that he's put her through. Like mm-hmm. they didn't have to talk about it. And don't you think too, some of it, so much it is like survival. Like think yeah. about like life with little kids at home, oh, trying gosh. to have a serious conversation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so true. He's trying to write an album. Like they were probably rules just like, I mean, I know they're not real, but I, I, <laughs> no, I, I can empathize with that. Like, totally. Like, like we're going to table this. Yeah. The thing <laughs> that I, three yeah. years down the line. And then we're going to forget to talk about it. Exactly. But like the thing I love, and I feel like Dustin, this kind of goes with what you were saying. There's a quote. Camila says, I don't know if I would have believed in that type of security before I had it, before I chose to give it to Billy. And by giving it to Billy, I gave it to myself too. By saying to someone, no matter what you do, we are not over. I don't know. Something about that relaxed me. 
Exactly. That was so powerful to me when she said, I chose to give it to him. It's not, I met him and he like swept me off my feet and proved to me like unceasingly that he loved me perfectly and he never broke my trust. And like, that's why I had security with him. Or the, I can't help but love him. Yeah. Like I'm just madly in love. I'm yes. like, sick with love. Like, no, she, it was a choice. She literally was like, he, I chose to give him a chance to provide security for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was making the decision. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily always a feeling, which I think is like so interesting. And again, so countercultural, which I also find to be so interesting because this book, it's not like it's like, a Christian no, book. It's not no. a Christian like, you know what I mean? Like these people are clearly not like having some kind of deep spiritual, like Jesus moment. Like this woman is just like really, really, I don't know what the word is. Committed. Yeah. But like it, it's a bestseller for a reason. Though. Yeah. And yes. It, it's a bestseller because even if you don't look at it through the lens of Christianity, mm-hmm. you can look at it through the lens of humanity and it connects like there's something about it that even if you don't have the verbiage for it, you don't understand exactly, oh, well, this is this is more of an agape love. This is a love without precondition. It's mm-hmm. not an erotic love. It's not a friendship love. This is a love that was a choice based purely on nothing that the other person could give you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the words for it, but like everybody wants that. Yes. Everybody wants to know that they're loved by their significant other, by their parents, by their friends simply because they are who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Camille and Billy gave each other in this book. So what like made her stay? I mean, like we've talked about this, but like, like at what point do people just stop choosing each other? You know what I mean? Like, and is there a line where it's like, you should stop at this point? Or is it like, you know what I mean? Like, what is that? Like, is she psychotic for choosing him over and over and over or is that what we're shooting for i mean like i know what i but like what do you guys well i think if he had gone back on the second tour and continued his bad behavior i would hope that she would have you know not i mean i don't know yeah for me i'm like yeah how much did how much freedom was he gonna get Mm -hmm. and trust was he gonna get before she was finally like okay Mm -hmm. i can't choose this anymore Mm -hmm. um so I, I don't really have an answer to your question. Yeah. But. Again, I think it only worked, though, because she chose and he chose. It's yeah, that exactly. mutual yes. choice. It wasn't that she, again, I think if he continued to cheat on her and she kept choosing, yeah. our view of Camila That's is true. very, very different than what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we start to look at her as like, you're a little bit crazy. You're, yeah. you're a little psycho. You're a little needy. Uh-huh. Um, and you're a little bit of an idiot because yeah. this guy is just over and over um, abusing your trust. But the truth is he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to what you said, like how, or someone said, we're seeing Billy through her eyes. Mm -hmm. I found myself rooting for him. Yeah. Even though, you know, based on what he had done, you don't really want to root for him, but then you really are. You're like, come on, you can do this. You can be the guy that she wants you to be. Um, So yeah, you're right. It comes down to like, it has to be a mutual commitment. hundred percent. Yeah. And so like, she did like, you know, when she laid down the ultimatum of like, go to rehab and get it together, he went to rehab and he got it together. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he stayed clean and he didn't cheat on her ever again. And yeah. it was, it doesn't mean that their relationship was perfect, obviously, but like he did, you know? So it's like, she chose to believe in him and he did 
live up to her expectations in a lot of ways. Which, though, brings us to (laughs) Daisy. (laughs) So, basically, Daisy, we've already talked about, like, you know, who she is, whatever. She joins the band and Billy and Daisy, like, hate each other's guts until they do finally connect creatively and I'll read some quotes on that but I wanted to end on this Camila note where basically she hears Billy get up in the night and she hears him make a call to his brother Graham and he's basically like Daisy's got to be out of the band and she goes and I knew I mean of course I knew meaning she knew that he was asking for Daisy to leave the band because he was falling in love with Daisy and Camila knew and she chose to like not confront her husband on it not demand that Daisy get kicked out of the band. Like this was early on in Daisy joining the band. And it's like, she's laying there. I just like, I literally have chills all over my body right now. She's laying in her bed. She hears her husband on the phone with his brother say like, we got to get Daisy out of the band. And she's like, of course I knew like what that phone call was. And she still stayed, you know? And I think that that's like, that's where we can really have a whole thing. I know Dustin has a whole speech for him. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> On love versus no. lust. But it's like, that's heavy. Because you know what? The stuff that we've talked about so far is obviously heavy. Of course it's mm-hmm. heavy. But it's a little bit more black and white, right? Like, it's like, he was a drunk. He was a drug addict. He was cheating on her. He stopped drinking. He stopped doing drugs. He stopped cheating on her. You know what I mean? And it's like, she deserves an award for taking him back after all that crap, but he got it together. Mm -hmm. Well, and the gut punch, the thing that was like so intense to me was that the second half of the book, he, his actions did nothing wrong. Yeah. He did not physically cheat. He did not take it. He did not drink. He did not do a single drug. Emotionally. Yes. He was. Yes. Falling for this girl. Falling and in like, love with this woman. Who could blame him? Of they course. were like... Oh, it's such a loaded term. Oh, let's go there! <laughs> <laughs> but wait, I think it's important like to to understand the dynamic in what I what I, how I interpreted this whole thing went down. Is even in the writing, when they very, very first start talking about Daisy, they introduce Daisy. And if I asked you, describe Daisy, how do you do it? It's physical. Yeah. True. Oh, she's beautiful. Incredibly attractive. She's yeah, attractive. Yeah, 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 she's yeah, yeah. essentially right, like right. the it girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. beautiful and everybody is captivated by this tall, yep. beautiful, redheaded daisy. Like yeah. she just turns eyes. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. when we, we talk about Billy, what do you talk like? What was Billy? Like tor- a great musician the and a tormented great... genius, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. So he had a charisma about him. Too, he had a charisma, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was a like. But you're right. They actually never talk about like if he's super hot or anything. Like they don't actually say that. But like, it was I don't what know what he, he looks like. Emoted, right? Like yeah, it was yeah, who right. he was. Yes, his talent that made him. And Daisy, everybody just saw her beauty. Yeah. And so now Daisy comes into this band. Yeah. And she, for the first time is recognized for something, especially by Billy. Because yeah. when you read it, Billy oh. doesn't give her the time of day. No, he doesn't. He was kind of actually very hesitant. And I think a lot of it didn't have to do with like, he didn't want to be attracted. He just didn't want to share credit with somebody else. Cause he was, he, it was yeah, his yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he allows her in and then together, based on their, their mutual talent, like their just genius for music, create something beautiful 
Mm-hmm. And for the first time, Daisy is being seen by somebody yeah. through like, this lens, through the lens of what she offers truly, like for who she is. Yeah, not her body. Or exactly. Her, yeah. It's ex- actually, he's giving her a glimpse of what Camilla or Camilla has yes. given him. Like, yes. He sees the beautiful inward talent, the mind, the like what she could be. What she could what be. What she is at the end. It really yeah. is so true. Like Camilla loved Billy for what he could be. And Billy saw Daisy for what she could be. And that's why he, well, we said was falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. So we'll discuss whether we think it was really love or not. But like they were described like the first time they sang together on stage, like they shared a mic and Karen, the the piano player said like it was intense. And then this Rolling Stones reporter come and d- it comes and does a story on them. And he says they were magnetic. That's the only word for it. Magnetic. So Billy and Daisy just had this thing. Mm-hmm. Like when they, when they finally were able to get on the same page and sing together and write together, it was intense. And then Billy says, so Daisy's like flipping out because for a long time when she's first in the band, he, treats her like junk, like just totally dismisses her. And she says, I don't know why he insisted on rejecting me time and again. And Billy says, when someone's presence gives you energy, when it riles up something in you, the way Daisy did for me, you can turn that energy into lust or love or hate. I felt most comfortable hating her. It was my only choice. Mm -hmm. And this whole dynamic to me was the most tragic throughout the book. Go, me too. The fact that they complimented each other so well and it was not in my opinion it was not handled in the most healthy way Mm -hmm. um yeah so there's a there's a book from uh there's a quote from c.s lewis uh and it's actually just a story that he tells about and i think it might be from the four loves i'm not 100 positive but he describes a relationship that he has with his very close group of friends. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, one of the, one of the friends died and he said it was, it was very sad when this friend died because not only did I lose that friend, but what I lost was my other friend through the lens of this friend. Ooh. So not only am I losing this friendship, I'm losing what this friendship brought out from this friend. Yeah. And so like, I can be friends with you, Caitlin. Yeah. But if I'm friends with Lauren, I actually can see a different side of you yeah. that only Lauren brings out. Or if you're friends with Kate. So mm. what I feel like is Daisy brought out in Billy mm-hmm. and Billy brought out in Daisy something that was very, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Oh, like it, like it tortures you, right? Because it's like you read it and it's like, you like what Billy is bringing out in Daisy. So in some ways you're almost like rooting for it, but then you're like, well, no, because then it's like the more he brings out this like good side of her, you can tell he's falling in love with her and you don't want that, you know? And Daisy says, I really felt like I understood him. And I think he understood me, you know, things like that, that kind of connection with a person it's sort of like playing with fire because it feels good to be understood. You feel in sync with a person. You feel like you're on a level that no one else is. So like, there's no denying these two had this connection through their music. Right. And like, again, look, I'm not a musician, but I know that musicians, it's not a hobby, 
Like, you know what I mean? It's like, they feel it, especially these people. You know what I mean? It's like, they're a touring band. They're like the biggest band in the world. You know what I mean? It's like, this is who they are. And he connected musically with her on like a spiritual level. Like they were like in the deep layers of it and like writing music together. And Mm -hmm. it was like this deep thing. Now that brings us into though, like, do you think he was falling in love with her or do you think he just, there was a lust aspect. Do you think it was the, it's what he couldn't have. Is it because he was struggling so much with being sober that then this was like his new distraction? Like, what do you guys think? I think before you can even answer the question, we have to decide what our definition of falling in love is. Go. That's what I, I don't, thinking. I mean, I have my opinions on it, but I think it's a very cliche term. Mm-hmm. And we use it to basically categorize that feeling you have when you meet somebody and there's almost an infatuation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true falling in love. That might be falling in lust, right? But I mean, it's not it's not genuine, pure love. We just discussed for who knows how long, yeah. uh, Camila and Billy. Yeah. And we talked about how their love was so perfect because it they chose each other. Yeah. This love was a choice. Yeah. And we see that Billy does not choose Daisy. Mm. So do I think that Billy loved Daisy? Yes, I do. Mm. Um, and I think just like Lauren just said, he saw the potential that she had mm. and they made beautiful music together. They complimented each other very well. And when someone brings something out in you, like, uh, like, excuse me, like Daisy brought out in Billy, mm-hmm. I think you can't help but to have a sort of love and affection for that person. Mm-hmm. And the question is, in the in the boundaries of, because I think you can look at it like we would not, we would argue that this is not a bad thing at all, except for Camila's involved. Right. So you go, okay, well, how then is this relationship affecting? Camila mm-hmm. and Billy and the question is did it mm. like did it I mean I feel like it did <laughs> what do you guys think <laughs> I don't know I it's my head is like spinning because I feel like I have so so many thoughts I think the problem is that we like look at the different categories like love lust like did he cheat on camille camila even though he didn't actually do anything mm-hmm. like should he have called off the the whole thing well no because camila didn't seem to care like obviously it's unique to their relationship but i think i kind of fall in the camp of what dustin was saying is that like obviously like I mean, if you're going to, this isn't a Christian book, but if you're going to make it a Christian thing, like we're called to love, right? Mm -hmm. We're called to love people. We're called to love them well. Um, And so what does that look like? And I feel like, I don't know, like I kind of felt like Billy and Daisy were just trying to navigate that. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's going to be a physical attraction because Daisy's like the most beautiful person ever Mm -hmm. to exist. And she also has never had someone from the opposite sex, like appreciate her like that. So obviously there's going to be like a physical chemistry there, but they Mm -hmm. chose not to act on it. Yeah. And they did not Um, and I don't know. I think, 
for me, it all kind of came to a head at the end with that scene where like Billy was at the bar with the alcohol and he's sitting there and he's like gripping the cup so hard and he's trying to figure out for me, I think I kind of saw Billy, he had an illness, right? He was an addict. So there were certain things that were going to be very hard for him to fight against. And part of me feels like he loved Daisy in a pure way. Mm. And the part of him that loved her that was impure had more to do with his addiction than anything else. Mm. Does that make sense? Or just it had more to do with his humanity. Like yeah. in a lot of yeah. ways. I mean, because this isn't a conversation if the title of the book is Donald in the Six. Right. It's just not. I mean, you could still have the same power dynamics of another talented artist coming in and mm-hmm. taking a partial control of the band. But the dynamic does not exist because it's a guy and a guy who are both like identified in the book as straight characters. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no tension there. But so the question is like, what part of our culture and I growing up, I mean, I, for me, it can't, it can't not come back to Christianity. Yeah. And the, the type of, of churches I grew up in that somehow painted this picture that men and women cannot be good friends mm. outside of, a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you can't actually be good friends with a woman because the temptation is just too strong there. Yeah. And I think I've experienced in my life now, so many like strong women, mm-hmm. intelligent, powerful, smart women who I would be an idiot not to be friends with these mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. simply because I'm happen to be attracted to their gender it seems silly Mm -hmm. that it's even a a conversation. It's something to be handled carefully, obviously. Um, But I think if we start to um, limit who we're friends with, or even like who strengthens us the most based on, based on a gender, it's not the wisest way to choose. And I think even Camilla saw that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see it in the end when, I mean, I don't know when we want to jump ahead to her conversation with Daisy. Yes, let's get to it. Or before we do, maybe we should kind of like talk about the the kind of the climax of Daisy and Billy's relationship. Yeah. Where it came to a head. Because I think that moment in itself is also very telling. Go, say it. And does anybody else want to? I feel like I've been talking forever. Do you mean the, the part on stage? On the piano. When they're practicing by themselves. So there's kind of two moments, okay. right? So there's the yeah. go with the piano. Oh, so yes. in the piano, they're the, in, they're writing a song together. Yes. When she um, makes the move. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She, yeah. And what, what I thought was interesting was, and do you have the exact like page that that whole I don't actually, song? but they're playing. Anyways, sorry. they're playing a song, and she makes this comment to him, and I don't even remember what the comment was, but it was flirty, mm-hmm. and his comment to her was which was interesting because he had always stayed so separate from her right like he had purposely created this sort of physical and emotional distance Mm -hmm. and now as they're sitting close together on the piano for this song he says i love so many things about you yeah which honestly in in a healthy friendship is not a bad thing to say. Right. Like, I'm very close friends with Lauren. Yeah, and I yeah. can tell her in front of Kate mm-hmm. all the different things that I love about Lauren. And that is a perfectly innocent, healthy statement mm-hmm. to make. Um, but I think for Daisy, that was like yeah. heroin to her. Because for the first time, like we talk about, 
somebody's expressing to her, you're more than physical. Yeah. You are so talented. There are so many things about you. And I think it was the first taste she had of it and it, she was hooked. Yeah. But to play devil's advocate, he didn't mean it innocently, really. Like he was kind of revealing that yeah. he had feelings. Sure. Do you think or no? I, I think yes. Yeah. Like I just. Ugh. It wasn't a hundred percent innocent for sure. Right. And then the second moment. Okay. So that was the first moment. And then they almost kiss, but they don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second moment, you want to tell it? It's like SNL, right? That, is that like, I, I'm getting them mixed up because yeah. I'm thinking for me, I'm thinking the, the pinnacle is like that last show they played. Oh, that where, too. Yeah. yeah like yeah, where yeah. they sing together and then he like walks out and goes straight to the bar. Yes. Like yeah, I feel yeah. like that was the moment he broke. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But then there was the other time when they're doing the live show on TV mm-hmm. and they have this like they sing Honeycomb together or whatever. Or is that the show? Maybe that's the no, show. No, I think it's, it was the SNL. Whatever. The point is, they sing this beautiful love song together, just the two of them. The band isn't out there. It's the two of them, like, singing to each other over a piano. You know what I mean? And it's like, the brother says, as I was watching them do that, I thought to myself, I really hope Camila's not watching this right now. Because right. it was like, there was an obvious connection. Like, connection love there it wasn't just like we're two musicians that are singing like it was like something and after it was like really hard like daisy went like so hard into drugs because she was like i love him and i can't have him because he's married and like she's she not was spiraling yeah like she was spiraling out of control i want to read this thing after one of those moments billy said this all right this is going to be long but then don't worry <laughs> billy said i loved my wife I was faithful to my wife from the very minute I straightened up. I tried desperately to never feel anything else for any other woman, but everything that made Daisy burn made me burn. Everything I loved about the world, Daisy loved about the world. Everything I struggled with, Daisy struggled with. We were two halves. We were the same in that, in that way that you're only the same with a few other people in that way that you don't even feel like you have to say your own thoughts because you know the other person is already thinking them. How could I be around Daisy Jones and not be mesmerized by her, not fall in love with her? I couldn't, I just couldn't. But Camila meant more. That's just the very deepest truth. My family meant more to me. Camila meant more to me. Maybe for a little while there, Camila wasn't the person I was the most drawn to. Or maybe Camila wasn't the person I was the most in love with at that time. I don't know. You can't, maybe she wasn't, but she was always the person I loved the most. She was always the person I would choose. It's Camila for me always. Passion is fire, a fire and fire is great, man, but we're made of water. Water is how we keep living. Water is what we need to survive. My family was my water. I picked water. I pick water every time. And I wanted Daisy to find her water, but I couldn't be it. Sobbing. I know. I'm just going to say. Torture. After I read that, that was when I was like, okay, well, I'm not as strong a person as Camila. No, I'm not. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Like, Like, and I don't know if this is just because of how, like, we all grew up watching romantic comedies, but like, every girl wants to be both Camila and Daisy. I want to be everything. Like, if I knew... If I found some journal that Scott wrote in private, you know what I mean? And he was like, I choose Caitlin every day because like, I love her and she means so much to me. She's the mother of my children, but 
there are times where I'm more drawn to so-and-so. Like, I would be so deeply crushed by that. <laughs> <laughs> like, are no, you I kidding? Can't, I, can't, I, I can't. can't fathom that. Like, and honestly, this is where I struggle. So, like, if I was Camila, now, granted, he didn't say that to Camila, but she knew. Right. She says that it was in the, the book. Thing. She knew it was the unspoken thing that they didn't talk about. And she knew. Would, what is like, I keep batting this back and forth in my head. Like, is that admirable that they still continued to choose each other? Even when she knew he loved someone else, even when he knew he loved someone else, they kept choosing each other. Like, at what point are you like, you gotta cut it off. Like some you know what I mean? Like this is like crazy making. There there was a oh sorry, go ahead. Go, oh, go, go. This is where I say I can't say that he really loved Daisy. Okay. I can say he was very connected to her. They had a lot in common. They, you know, were yeah, they're very connected, especially when you connect like creatively with someone. It it is something intangible, it's really special. I get all that, but the choice he made to stay with Camila, that's true love. And yeah. I think that us, like people as a whole now have lost sight really of what true love is because we just slap the word love on so many different things, so yeah. many different types of relationships. And there can be different levels of love, but I think the true, true love is what he had for Camila because they lived it out. They chose yes. each other every day. So I really struggle to say that he really truly love Daisy, at least not in the same way he loved Camila. That's, yes. that's why I come back to what I was saying about the like addiction thing. Yeah. Like even the fact that he's talking about choosing water, like it brought up imagery of like alcohol yeah. and stuff like that. Like I yeah. just feel like he really like in that moment, he was looking at Daisy as a road that was just going to lead him down. Like, remember that scene where they pick her up at the pool and she's walking on broken glass. She doesn't yeah. even feel it. Her feet are bleeding. Yeah. And he says, most people would pity her, but I actually looked at her and was like jealous. Yeah. Like she knew how to party. He was so drawn to that life. And yeah. that's, she represented that and he knew it was destructive. And he was like, this is not my, this is not going to bring out the best version of myself. Mm. Like I, what I love is my life with Camila. And so like, that's where he goes. Mm. I minorly disagree with all that. Go. But the, and the only reason I do is because of the conversation that Camilla and Daisy have at the end, where she essentially tells Daisy, yes. you need to go. Yes. And, and she says, you need to go because you can't get over him. But then she says, unless you already have, yeah. in which case, stay. Mm. This has nothing to do with me. Mm. Which tells me that she saw this as a Daisy problem. She knew what Billy had chosen, mm -hmm. and that was her. And that if Daisy could get her act together and be water and mm -hmm. find her own water, this was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Stay in the band. It's okay. Yeah. But it can't be because I would argue that even though it was very imperfect and very messy, and he, he says, I don't know what it was. Yeah. I think Billy loved Daisy. Mm -hmm. I think Daisy lusted after, oh. after Billy. And, and the reason I say that, I'm not talking just, I'm not talking lust necessarily from a physical sexual standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm viewing lust as a, this person has something that I want and need from them. Mm -hmm. She needed his affirmation. She needed his, um, 
his I mean, at some point she decided that I guess that she didn't need his his physical love, mm-hmm. which isn't strange to me because that's the only way she'd ever experienced love before. Yeah. Um. So it to me, it's like, well, obviously, if you feel like you love somebody, that's how you think you're going to have to experience it. But she loved the fact that he affirmed her in so many ways that she had never been affirmed before. Mm-hmm. And she lusted after that crave, yeah. that attention. Mm-hmm. Her intentions were selfish for the most part because of how Billy made her feel. Yeah. Where I think that um, Daisy made Billy feel away, mm-hmm. and he was confused about that because it was obviously seemed to be positive, but it wasn't what he had with Camila. So yeah. what was it? Which is a whole different conversation, probably. Like, well, what was it that Billy yeah. felt for Daisy if it wasn't lust, but it wasn't quite love, mm. or what we would describe as falling in love? Like, right. what is it? And well, I think it could have been some form of love, but I'm just saying that, like, I think true love was displayed, like, the highest form of love was displayed in Camila and absolutely. Billy's relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't that love, obviously. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. some form of love. So, I think love is just way more nuanced, and we mm-hmm. too much, like, use it to describe everything. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like basically, I feel like the conclusion we're coming to here is that, like, intense intense feelings don't equal love necessarily they can but it doesn't always have to be the same kind of love i don't know how else to say it but yeah 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 and like the true lasting love comes in the choosing i i think so yes yeah and the commitment yeah he can't deny he felt something right but he chose camila yeah and i think what was what like said I thought was sad at the end is I think in the end, in a perfect world, Daisy and Billy could have also chosen each other, but in a very different way. Yeah. In a way that was beneficial to the, the whole band mm-hmm. that was beneficial to the music. And I mean, Lauren's obviously disagreeing. She's shaking her head. Go. I, no, I don't know. There was that moment when they were both in the room and he was going to call the rehab and it seemed like he was going to get her into rehab. Yeah. So if that was the road it went down, then yes. But I just felt like she was pulling him down a dark rabbit hole. But that's the problem, right? Because we said in the very beginning that it's the mutual choice that two people make. Right. Daisy never made the healthy choice to Mm -hmm. help the relationship. It appears like later down the line after, you know, all this went down, she did. She Mm -hmm. seems like she's okay. But in that moment for their relationship, she did not choose the rehab. I need to get myself together. I need to accept that he's married. I cannot have a relationship, but we can still do music. Mm. Does she say that Camila, I can't remember. Does she say at the end that Camila was the reason why she got clean? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. She says Camila saved her. So basically, yeah, like if you're still... If you are somehow still in this and you have not read the book, God bless you. <laughs> but I just, just in case someone hasn't read it, like, basically what happens is in the end, Camila like finds Daisy unable to get into her own hotel room. She like, because she's so friggin' high. So yeah. like she lets her in and that's when she has the conversation that Dustin just said, where she's like, 
leave. If you can't get over my husband, basically Mm -hmm. you need to go. But like, she's like, I'm rooting for you. Like Mm -hmm. I, I want you to get clean. I want you to have a life. Like I want you to be happy. And Daisy's like, I owe my life to her or something. Like she says something very powerful that of course I didn't write down, but. Yeah. And I think that's what, like, that was the conflict that Billy was having is that I believe he felt the love for her but he realized that he could not be mm-hmm. what she needed. Mm-hmm. And that's why she said, I, he said, I hope she finds her water. Yeah. And why Camille at the end says, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. They both loved her in their own way, in a way that was very unselfish. Right. Where their motivations were not focused on what Daisy did for them, mm-hmm. but the potential that Daisy had. The exact yeah. same love that Camilla showed Billy at the beginning they both showed Daisy at the end and it was ultimately her saving grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have played out different. It didn't, which is, I think, a beauty of the book, right? Like it didn't have a super fairy tale ending, but. Well, that, I don't want to change the subject, but no. then that makes me say, do we think they're together at the end? Yeah. Okay. Or? So, yeah. So again, if you don't know, basically at the very end, Camila passes away. It's so horribly sad. I can't deal with it. And, she writes a letter to her daughters. It's an email. And she says, hi girls, I need your help after I'm gone. So obviously before she died, she wrote this. I need your help after I'm gone. Give your dad some time. And then please tell him to call Daisy Jones. Her number is in my date book in the second drawer of my nightstand. Tell your father. I said at the very least, the two of them owe me a song. And again, with the selflessness, Camila, like she is like, she's an angel like she's so selfless like knowing she's gonna die she's like i hope he calls daisy because i know that he loved her too mm-hmm. and she wants him to like be happy and they brought she's out gone. something special in each other yeah that mm-hmm. i didn't bring out on him like they, they had a different thing that i didn't have right and is willing to like like how many people like like obviously it's a joke, but how many times have you like jokingly said to your spouse like if you date anybody after I'm dead, like I'll come back and haunt you from the grave, like you know what I mean, like stupid stuff like that. But like obviously, would I say that if I was actually on my deathbed? No. Would I want Scott to move on and be happy with someone else? Obviously. But like to have a specific like, hey, call Daisy. Like she's amazing. Like she's an amazing person, Camila. Like I just love her. I think I think they ended up together. I, I think do. so too. I really do. I think I you call her. They wrote a song, and they're like having a great. Time. What do you? So you don't? He no. Why? Why? Because I think at this point it was like again super selfless. Like Camilla is amazing. Give Billy credit. Like he also did his part. Yes. No. You're right. Yes. Yes. And yes, so yes. I. I mean I don't. I think for him it had been decades. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, at this point, like he loved Camilla. That was not, I don't, I don't think at the conclusion of this, when Daisy went her way, let's just talk six months after, Mm -hmm. I don't think he had this lingering infatuation with Daisy. I think he loved Camilla. So you think like when Daisy's not in his face, she, he's not thinking about her. I don't think that he's thinking about her in an infatuated, lustful way. Yeah, Yeah. I think he was thinking about, Again, this is just my interpretation. I'm that weird male Enneagram type two who loves oh, love, like relationships yes. mean everything to me. So 
to think that like he could have a healthy view of what their relationship was Mm -hmm. and just trust that it was that and nothing more i think like Maybe they wrote a song, but I don't think, like, they ended up dating. Like, really? Like, no. you don't think it, like, sparked it back up again? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it did. I feel like it did. I really do. Wait, this is, we're beyond this, but I just want to know. Would you consider Billy's feelings for Daisy prior to Camila's death, obviously, like, an emotional affair? Like, would you consider that, like, that would be classified as an emotional affair? If I was married to Billy? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I think what I said in the, do you want to go first? No, go ahead. I think what I said in our initial text message is still my opinion. And that it very much depends on what your intentions are. I think that you can have a deep emotional connection with somebody. And if your intentions are not selfish in what you're getting out of it, then, okay, so let me give you an example. Um, Kate loves Enneagram. Yeah. And she is working towards being an Enneagram coach, which I think is going to be something phenomenal for like her talent set and, and who she is as a person. I'm weird, maybe. But if she were to meet somebody oh. that was the equivalent of a quote unquote Daisy for her okay. and that helped her in that Enneagram journey mm-hmm. and like they were able to collaborate on something and bring out something beautiful that impacted and helped other people. I think I would be very, very happy for that. But he's talking about best case scenario, healthy way, not a Daisy and Billy way. No, like, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. But that like, can only exist. Have a healthy friendship. Yeah. And that only exists though because Kate and I are healthy. Yeah. But the question was, did Billy have an emotional affair? Maybe. Yes. He did. I mean, I mean well, that's he is. wanted her. I <laughs> yeah. I but no. Not, no, 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 no. I don't oh, think oh. desire. Okay. Desire is there. It's what you do with it. And it's what you're willing. I personally would say an emotional affair is more like if it's hidden. And I don't think oh. anything was ever mm. hidden from Camila. Well, they, they had the understanding not to talk about it, but you're right. That it was wasn't, choice, but though. you're right. They chose that. It wasn't like she asked him and he denied or something. Like it was like, they just didn't talk. About and it. as soon as there was a hint of impropriety, he ran. They had two yeah, separate right. buses on tour. You're right. They would not talk. And she got, and Daisy yeah. got livid at him because he did not reciprocate her feelings. Oh, gosh. That's what she, she married. The, the, that's yeah. what she married the prince? She married, like, this, what, Italian Nikki, prince Nikki, or whatever? Technically, he was the son of a prince, which really means, like, what is who said that? They're like, how many people have to die before he actually takes the throne? And she's like, well, technically, they don't even really they do don't that have anymore. They don't anymore. <laughs> There's no monogamy anymore, so it doesn't actually mean anything. But it really shows, like, how, how damaged, in so many ways, past relationships had made Daisy. Yeah. So that the first time she felt like she had something real, mm-hmm. and he goes, no, it's, like... I really like you and there's something here, but it's not what you think it is. She got so mad about it. So true. So I, again, I would say, I don't think he did, but if you want to say he did, I'm not going to argue with you because this is very like, this has a lot to do on your view of the situation. It wouldn't make it any less hurtful. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Good call. Man, it's, there's so many layers to this crap (laughs) (laughs) but what i'm taking away even more after this conversation than having you know after i read the book is that like it's what a goal to wake up every single day and call out people's potential yeah and love people for what they could be yes and be completely secure in yourself Mm -hmm. like 
I feel so inspired. No, I know. Like, that's what I mean about, like, how Camila, I feel like, is, like, the best character, I think, that I've ever read. Like, in the sense that, like, I know I've said this a thousand times, like, it's so counter-cultural for her to be, like, I see this man for what he could be, and I'm choosing him, flaws and all, and I'm choosing this life with him, even though I know it's going to be hard. And to play off of what Kate was saying, just her strength yeah. and security in herself. Yes. I think that's what it called out in me. Yeah. Like, I think as I was reading her, my own insecurities, I felt like I was in awe of her. Like, it yeah. just made me realize yeah. how much I want to be stronger. Yeah. Which is, I think, going back to a quote there, a, a portion that you read at the very beginning, is that Camilla chose no matter what. Yeah. And that gave her freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think her making that choice, giving her freedom to love Billy, gave Billy a freedom to love her. Because this this agape love that the Bible talks about is yeah. love without precondition. Yeah. It's right. It's it's the love that when God loved us first, like we love because he first loved us, it's that agape love. It's mm-hmm. the love where we don't have to do anything to earn it. Mm-hmm. And it gives in us a freedom to love in a reciprocal way. It's so true. A way that has no preconditions. You can be a jerk to me sometimes. You can disappoint me, but the love stays. Mm. And that it, there's freedom in that. And knowing that I'm accepted no matter what. And her love gave him the opportunity to make the right decision. Like yeah. he did that. Mm-hmm. And it was his yeah. choice, but it was spurred on by his knowing her commitment, her affection, what she thought of him, yeah. what he thought of her. It's really cool. Oh, I just wish I could read it like over and over. Like I'm t- like reading it. Like I really highly suggest like taking a year off in between and rereading it mm-hmm. because like that's what I did. And like the second time was just like just as good as the first. I caught more and I think I felt it more deeply. Like I was crying. Or maybe we should just write the post Camila death. Billy and Daisy a fan, fan fiction, fiction. <laughs> yes uh, we'll discuss it next year yeah 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 we'll be back everyone oh my goodness did we leave anything out did we get to everything I mean of course we didn't get to no, everything we did. there's so many more characters there's we could so have many things five more hours of conversation on the other characters <sighs> But I do, I feel like we did it a little bit of justice, don't you? Absolutely. We did their characters, their, that love triangle justice. I, I feel like we I, really talked this I through. think what we accomplished is what you were hoping for in that, like, even if you haven't read the book, there's maybe something about relationship. I think so. That you can learn. Absolutely. Because these are not real characters, but yes. it's real emotion. Like, yes. The, this, these dynamics exist within the relationship. If you're out there and you are looking to date somebody or you love somebody, and you realize, like, there's times where you're just not feeling it. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's normal to not feel it sometimes. And the choice you make to continue that yeah. is everything. Yeah. And not an abusive choice. Not of course one, not. Like, yeah, yeah. But the choice that, like, hey, there's going to be problems and I'm not going to allow it. Like, Camille, I'm not going to allow it to dictate my future. Ugh, mm. you guys. The big thing that I'm like stressing about right now, though, is that Taylor Reed or what's her Taylor Taylor Jenkins Taylor Jenkins Reed Taylor Jenkins Reed has another book new. I think it's new Malibu Rising. 
I'm going to read it this summer, but like, do you know the intense feelings I have going into it? Because it's like the ball, I'm definitely, you know what it's about. no, I know nothing, but I, my expectations are so off the charts that she there. could never, don't know anything about it. Just I'm just going to go into it blind, but I like, I want to start it like right this minute, but then I feel like I cannot start it the same day I finished Daisy Jones. I just, I'm going to read something in between. And then my friend April said I could borrow it. Is it out already? Are yeah, you sure it's, it's April this time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're right all the book creds but like seriously we should all read Malibu Rising and then come and do this again I would do that and then (laughs) I wish you could see our faces (laughs) (laughs) we're book nerds yay we always knew Lauren was one I've always been an English teacher I'm good with that I I love it I love it (laughs) okay Malibu Rising yay (laughs) Let's all high five. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so in bonus episodes, do you still get to ask us what we're watching currently? Oh my goodness. No, but let's do it anyway. What are you watching? No, oh, I can't okay. wait till it's my turn. Oh. Kate and I just started watching, this is horrible, Breaking Bad. Oh, we wow. Never, yeah, I've never we, watched that, but that's oh. so old. It's so many yeah. people's favorite show. Okay, like I tell people and they're like, it. oh my goodness, you haven't watched it yet. What are you so, watching? You might have to edit this out because it's so scandalous. <gasps> Bridgerton. Oh! Why is it so scandalous? Oh, it is rated R for content. Like, like, SEX? Yes, yes, Uh. yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) So, Kate, are you watching anything other than Breaking Bad? Generally, we watch TV together. I'm so jealous of that. I choose Scott over and over. You guys don't. You guys don't connect on the on the TV. We don't front. have a TV connection, but, but I found, choose him. What if you found your TV Daisy? Oh, that would be, that would be a whole thing. Is it Housewives? <laughs> You're right. My TV Daisy is just Housewives in general. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! I love it! Okay, you guys. Love you. Thanks for doing this. Mm, thanks for letting me break into your book club. <laughs> I love it. I can't <laughs> wait book club. to come back and talk about the TV show. Uh, I literally, they need to release an air date soon because my heart can't take it. <laughs> I can't take the waiting. Oh. Love you guys. Right. Thanks. Bye. 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 Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions. <laughs>